You are listening to LP Uncovered, a music podcast hosted by myself, Lauren Plant. On this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Wes Cornish, photographer, filmmaker, singer, songwriter, musician, and all-round creative force of nature, Mickey Smith. Mickey first came to wider prominence with the release of his film Dark Side of the Lens, becoming one of the most influential surf films of the last decade. He is acclaimed for his work as a musician, both as a part of Ben Howe's band and through his own project, A Blaze of Feather. A Blaze of Feather's self-titled debut album was released back in 2017, followed by its second album, Labyrinth, in 2020. In March this year, Mickey released the third studio album, Claire's Lane, a record written and recorded right in the heart of West Cornwall, for the past and with hope for the future. Mickey chats through the writing and recording process behind each song off the beautiful, expressive 12-track album. So let's uncover A Blaze of Feather's brilliant new album, Claire's Lane. Well, I'm delighted to have on LP Uncovered this week to chat about his brand new album with a blaze of feather. Mickey Smith, thank you so much for coming on, Mickey. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you on and uh, yeah, to talk about Claire's Lane, just such a, a wonderful album. And before we go into the album, um, obviously a lot of people will know, but just in case they didn't, obviously you're a wonderful photographer, filmmaker, a producer musician the list goes on um are there any other mediums or anything like that that you've thought about getting into not that that isn't enough in itself uh, <laughs> i just like, like to learn really like to experiment and learn and just kind of follow threads of intuition more than focus on what any one thing you know which came first in terms of obviously the photography and the music seems very much interlinked growing up what was it that kind of inspired you first um, music first of all and, and then the ocean where I where I'm from in West Cornwall inspired the photography and filmmaking aspect of things in the world so all kind of combined into one and led each other at different times yeah and we'll obviously be talking a lot about how your music has been influenced by Cornwall and your surroundings and like I said just huge congratulations on your third studio album Claire's Lane just such an exquisite beautiful very expressive album you said that it's a gentle tribute to loved ones gone too soon what is it like to make something so personal and to then put it out into the world yes um really really scary every time (laughs) (laughs) but it's kind of the only way I know how to work so um when we started a blaze of feather I had actually never imagined these the songs that I would written seeing the light of day, but the other guys in the band had encouraged me to do it. So um, since then, I've had a bit more bravery each time, and mm. yeah, learning how to do it a little better, deal with it a little better. Yeah, <laughs> and and with your second album, that was produced in your I'm going to say shed, but it's very much a studio, right? In your uh, in your garden. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it is a shed, but it's full of my all, all of my gear. Yeah. Amazing. Is that? Did you do? Was it the same process for this album in comparison to Labyrinth? Yeah, it's pr- really similar. I mean, the first record as well was recorded in sheds and basements as well. To, so um, wow. it's just how we work in the in out in the wild, you know. Is it quite important for you to have that your own space, your own home, uh, to record your music and write songs? 
I think, yeah, I mean, it's also um, necessary for anyone who's independent to be able to work at home. You know, you can't you can't afford a studio space or time like that. You have to work with what you have. I really enjoy that, to be honest. I read that with your second album, you were listening to a lot of Bjork for inspiration. And yeah, I was just wondering if there's any other artists, whether that was the kind of music you listened to that inspired Claire's Lane. Oh, yeah. I always listen to Bjork for for years. Um, she's always a source of inspiration. She speaks, well, I feel like she speaks directly from the heart in her music. I kind of connect with that. Yeah, and I work with, I'm lucky enough to work with Ben Howard, who's really on the same kind of tip. So, mm. yeah, inspiring people, always spark creativity in others, you know. Yeah, I love to always talk about album artwork, and also even more so that you're a photographer yourself. What can you tell me about the artwork for Claire's Lane? Yeah, that, that um, Claire's Lane is just around the corner from my house. I walk. Oh, yeah walk down the lane every day and uh during the first lockdown my um next door neighbor's wife Claire sadly passed away and then um a few weeks later on the the there's a mine shaft warning sign on the top of the lane mm. and it just had Claire's lane written on it because that was the last place she walked um before she died and since then it's kind of become Claire's lane to everyone you know so um, mm. Was it you that took that photo? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really um, interesting to know the story behind it. And um, like I said, obviously, we'll talk about um, the songs to go through track by track. And and you kick off the whole album with Claire's Lane, the title track. I just love the drums, the, the piano, the beat behind this one. Did you always know that you wanted to start the album off with the title track? Um, no, but it kind of just felt it just felt like it should once I had a collection of songs together it felt felt like the right the right thing felt like the right song to spark spark the record really set the tone how much time and energy do you put into the sequencing of your albums a lot yeah um at a loss to say whether it's even a thing these days whether people listen through a record in that way but i still treat it like i did when i was a kid and i was excited to get a record listen start to finish and go on that deep dive into some world I always talk about that with artists and it seems to come up a lot in conversation about how in this day and age with Spotify there is that tendency just to to click through songs but as someone that has a record player and things like that I really I find it a very immersive experience listening to a song from track one to, to track 12 in this case so yeah you talked about records and things like that are there any what were some of your childhood albums or albums that you fondly remember listening to from the first track all the way through to the end oh so many i mean um i grew up with a lot of neil young going oh, on nice. and zuma was always always on and uh one record that really affected me when i was little was rage against the machine and that uh, i listened through that start to finish and listened deeply through the words and yeah, so many different records. Wow. I'll be talking all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Range of music, you know. Yeah. Are there any artists that you listen to at the moment that 
you would recommend that people maybe aren't fully aware of or people that are up and coming or people that you want to raise more awareness to? Yeah, I mean, well, there's obviously so many incredible independent musicians and it's quite hard to for them to find a voice. I feel in the current current situation in the music world, it's very much geared towards big artists being successful and everyone else dealing with how difficult it can be to yeah. make a living musician. But um, yeah, I mean, there's probably too many to mention, but, you know, Richie Thomas, who, who I work with in Ben Howard's band, is like stunning musician, songwriter. His records I would thoroughly recommend listening to. He, he goes under R.D. Thomas. And also um, India Bourne, who I work with, Tender Central, is her. Yeah, she's on the album. Yeah, she is. Yeah, they're they're immediate names that bring to mind. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing. That's a good thing with social media. Actually, people can follow you on social media, and then you see how expressive you are and love of your friends and musicians. And yeah, so and I'll be talking a lot about your lyrics and album. But the lyrics in Claire's Lane, this cloak of grief ain't light, no lullaby to hide behind. I think it's such a such a beautiful lyric. <laughs> that leads really nicely into the second song on the album another lifetime which really feels like a, a very reflective song and i really love the guitar on this one is that nat watson um nat wason um sorry. yeah that's all right he gets that a lot does he oh god <laughs> it's fine things to get written that that way a lot for him i don't know why yeah um yes me and nat we've grown up here together he's one of my oldest closest friends and one of the most magical guitar players i've ever seen let alone played with so um, it's always always an absolute treasure getting to play songs with him and the acoustic and that on the electric yeah and with that song when you work together is a case of you'll come forward with an idea for the melody or how did it work specifically on that one with Nat um we're pretty instinctive together because yeah. we spent so many years just weaving music around each other with no purpose other than just to play together so um yeah it's really instinctive and that's just a genius for picking out melodies around the melodies mm. and not doing with them just complimenting them and making them more expressive you know i love the reference to there's reference to like the starlings and, and ravens and my mind naturally shifted back to to the beautiful instrumental song of candid i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right um yeah. and the bird song on that that you used within that song how much inspiration do you find audio wise when uh, you're out and about obviously there's a lot of reference and and things like that to, to the ocean and and inland as well yeah i'm really affected by my environment um always outside and i'm lucky enough to live near the coast so i'm out where as much as i can be out in the natural world and on labyrinth in particular i was using 
using a lot of um, field recordings. Yeah. And we were on um, Ben Howard's record before that Noonday Dream, both of us using field recordings for the music. And yeah, it's a big part of it. Candia was the bird song outside my shed one oh, morning wow. after writing a song called Witching Hour, and it was just a natural part recording to just be working on a song all night. And then in the morning, the bird song was that kind of visceral. And I just, yeah, I'm always kind of trying to keep tuned into detail like that. I, I like that. Do you just use your phone, pick it up, and then and record it that way? Yeah, whatever's to hand. Yeah, we're lucky now in this moment to have incredible documenting tools in our pockets. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. That's a good way of describing a mobile phone, actually. I'll use yeah. that next time. Number three on the album, Tolkien Sky, which I've read that, that you've spoken about it being very much about growing up in your hometown and, and trying to just find the light in each day, wherever, wherever that may be. Is Tolkien, if I'm saying that right, is that the, the name of a school in Newlyn or is that, is that a different reference? Um, it's Tolkien, yeah. It's uh, the place at the bottom of the hill in Newlyn and it's where I went to school and grew up. Wow. I love the lyrics. These streets are paved with memories, with our joy and our sorrow for centuries. And like with a lot of your songs, a lot of them and your films, the words obviously read a lot as a poem and it feels like lyrics that are going to be passed from generation to generation. How much... We spoke about you being a father. How much has being a father influenced your songwriting? Yeah, massively. Um, that song in particular, I, I was writing kind of looking at the place I grew up in through the eyes of my children, trying to navigate their lives there today and kind of trying to help them find the light in each day, mm. however that can be at times, you know, and just to get outside even if it's difficult and it'll always make you feel a little better, you know? Yeah, of course. I'll be mentioning your daughters a little bit later on because they kind of feature in a lot of the songs. Have they shown musical tendencies? Are you kind of just letting them do their own thing or do they seem to be showing a real interest in what you're doing? Uh, they're not particularly interested in what I'm doing. But <laughs> <laughs> they're really, really musical, yeah. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll get to an age <laughs> when they'll appreciate just how cool you are. on the album Strange Beautiful you mentioned her earlier India Born aka um, Tender Central how is it working with India again so you know each other really well and why the song in particular I think the song is brilliant I love it so much yeah I mean thank you I, I love working with India she's just the most talented musician you'll ever come across and uh, also just a ray of sunlight in every day so 
Um, we travelled together so much, and a lot, a lot. Of, this song's about the kind of morning after the night before, and yeah. when you wake up feeling sketchy, how a friend can, like India, can just say, "Look up, embrace the day." She's done that a lot for all of us, so she felt like the right person to collaborate with on this tune. And yeah, it was a joy. Did you write the song, or when um, you collaborated with each other for that one? was a very sunny, beautiful day. Like, it feels like it's a kind of song that you'd make in that environment, or was it a very dark, cloudy day? Just a melancholy feeling when I wrote the song and then um, then playing it with India to kind of turned it around and it's ended up pretty uplifting, I've, I've, I think it is, for me. Yeah, anyway. definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's one thing I wrote down about the song, that um, that is such an uplifting and a real feel-good song. links really well with half an eye which again for me feels really uplifting and you're kind of celebrating your or everyone's inner weirdo which I love um how important is it for you to write was it to write this kind of song celebrating all our own individuality really yes I think it's it's just important I mean for me to I've grown up always being pretty odd and and a bit of an outsider and um just to like gradually meet people who just accept you as you are and for all of that weirdness still love you that's really liberating I think and um, I've always loved that about music how it can give you a sanctuary if you're lonely you know or feeling a bit wonky you can you've always got a a friend there with music you know yeah that's so true yeah I wanted that song to feel like that and it's also my partner Rivi kind of has always made me feel accepted and loved for however odd I am so love that (laughs) (laughs) and the video seems to match really well with celebrating it in a weirdo um very cool there it looks so fun whose idea was it whereabouts was it shot because it's just beautiful um it was myself and Wilbot who I who I work with I'm really closely he'll probably turn up here in a minute and say hi um (laughs) We work in the shed together each day. Yeah, he's a super talented, <laughs> very odd individual. <laughs> and he, yeah, it was his idea, really. And um, cool. he just encouraged me to, I'd never dance like that, really. On Oh, cool. I was wondering if it was you doing the dancing. <laughs> yeah, he just encouraged me to do it. And uh, it was quite liberating. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> so cool well there you go you can add that to the list as well photographer surfer and now you're a, you're a dancer as well <laughs> if you want to add that on there um whereabouts was it shot was it just around near you yeah around land's end um newland where i grew up yeah yeah so beautiful whereabouts are you based right now are you in newland or is it just outskirts just outside newland in st creed yeah oh beautiful Ice cream, sweet dream, 
talk of beautiful, the sixth song, the halfway mark of, of the album, Gavenek. Am I saying that right? Gavenek, yeah. Gavenek. Sorry, I'm butchering all of it. But yeah. I, I'm learning. I'm learning, which I think is so amazing about your music, um, that it really is raising awareness of the Cornish language that um, I myself don't, don't know much about. So an instrumental song, and I'm writing it thinking um, it's Cornish for hope. That's right, yeah. Yeah. You've obviously, on your other albums, had quite a lot of instrumental tracks. I think about Serpentine on, on Labyrinth. And did you always know that you wanted to have another instrumental song on Claire's Lane? Um, I just <clears throat> I write instrumental music a lot. It comes, it's like a natural language for me. And sometimes sculpting words into a song can feel like you're forcing them upon it. Sometimes I just like to let the song B and it's those songs are usually just the kind of moment in time they're they're not kind of crafted they're just they just happen and they're all that feeling of that moment goes into them and that's what I like that just leaving them as they are Mm. um, and letting them be that kind of whatever it was strange moment in time that you were like a vehicle for a song to come out of and not overthinking it and letting it be and uh, that song was like real heavy weather day and just about how you can still, even with all that kind of crushing weight around, still have hope inside you, you know? Yeah, and it obviously features on your on the new film, I'm going to butcher how I say it again, Hunrush Jorna? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a trick word, that one, isn't it? Is it? A Y, if you know, it would be Hinros Jorna. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we made that film. Yeah, did, uh, amazing. Like, just obviously, like I said at the beginning, just a huge fan of, of all your work. And rightly so, it's getting such great praise and things like that. Obviously, that song is, is on the film as well. Did the song come and then you thought it would be appropriate for both album and the film? How do you, yeah, how did you go about having it in both of those um, projects? Yeah, the, um, the film was kind of its own entity, We've been working along alongside everything um, and just it just felt like a good bridge between the two worlds in the film, um, Cornwall and Ireland, yeah. two where I spent a lot of my life and it felt like a good bridge between the two. We tried some other um, pieces of music through that, but it just felt like the right, the right one, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, was it nice to be back doing the filming? Because I know... It was 2010 that you obviously did Dark Side of the Lens. So I'm sure a lot of people were super excited to know that you were releasing another film and obviously did not disappoint. Just so beautiful. Oh, thanks. It's, um, yes, I haven't really made a surf film since then, but um, I've, yeah, we're always working on different things. Wow. So I don't stop making films, but I guess at one point I was known for creating stuff in the surfing world, wave riding world, so it's just a tribute to that, you know. such a beautiful film and all your work is just so beautiful and 
very much the case. Seventh song on the album, Balerion. Balerion, yeah. Balerion. If I say it confidently, I reckon I yeah. can get away with it. And um, really interesting the the way this song came about. So if you, I would love it if you go into a little bit more depth. So it started from a recording of your daughter singing and then the song kind of wove itself around that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't like me recording her, but occasionally some of her melodies are just so beautiful. I love just how stuff just comes out of children so naturally and instinctively and there's no nothing controlling it or judging it. It's just... Mm, no filter. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really always sparked something in me. I managed to sneak a recording of that and then, yeah, built a song around it. <laughs> well, that's amazing that she's already coming up with melodies at her age. What age would you say that you started, like, writing or definitely thinking of your own material? I think when you're just learning instruments, um, you end up just writing, whether you know it or not, you're just kind of learning how to weave notes and melody together and, I think it kind of is part of it. We're kind of it depends how you how you learn. A lot of people are taught in really strict ways that don't liberate them until later on. But um, I kind of learned off off the cuff, um, mm. and there was a structure to it. So it was I've always been kind of led by instinct more than like notation or classical theory. You know. Right, so there isn't like a, when you write songs, does it, it's not always a case of with the guitar or it's, do the lyrics normally come without any kind of melody? Yeah, for you as a songwriter, is I suppose, is there no like set blueprint, so to speak? No, not at all, yeah. Just, I mean, the guitar is always with me, um, central to my world, my own world. It makes me feel better, so it's always there, but sometimes melodies just come. A lot, lot of the time when I'm walking or driving, I try and remember them. All right. Try and make sure that I don't forget them. <laughs> Um, but number eight on the album, The Beautiful Sentinels, uh, this wonderful, very distinctive sound to, to kick it all off and it kind of runs throughout the so- whole song. Musically or production-wise, um, how did this song come together? Yeah, it came together with a guitar line. And at that point, I was really excited, experimenting with different layers of percussion and um, electronic programming and um, I, was learn- I felt like I was learning a lot. So I built the song around that guitar line and the kind of rhythmical elements. And I really enjoyed that, just making sounds and just kind of crafting them into the song. Mm. Yeah. When I felt madness in my own head, that's that song. <laughs> that's so cool. Because there's so many different sounds going on within it. And it, it's, yeah, real eclectic song to listen to. It's so good. And... What's it like? Have you played that song live? When it was in its early, um, early kind of, I don't know, in, incarnation, uh, I was I did a support tour for Sam Fender on my own. 
Yes. And um, I played Oh, cool. A few times. Wow. Uh, played just songs that I hadn't, I just had ideas for on that tour. I didn't play any songs that had been released. So um, it was just a really big learning curve for me, especially playing on my own. Yeah, that must have been quite a change. <laughs> yeah, massive, terrifying change. And looking around like, where is everybody? <laughs> How was that as an experience? I bet Sam, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, those guys are just beautiful humans so down to earth and made me so welcome mm. um, yeah it was an amazing experience I learned a lot been fooling it long time behind this crack last round but outside the starlight for the dying keep turning the loose rules on the open door the ninth song on the album Candy Floss and Corpses. The title in itself is just so, so powerful. Um, what is the inspiration behind this one? Um, I wrote it during the kind of pandemic down here in Cornwall. Um, we would swing between, like everyone, being completely isolated in our homes. And then all of a sudden the doors would open. But I guess because people couldn't travel, um, Cornwall was an obvious place for anyone looking to kind of find some escape and it was just it was just this mad swing between worlds of total isolation and then just couldn't go anywhere for just masses of people and just the narrative through the media was so confusing of just keep to yourself and then no it's fine and then keep to yourself yeah it just came about through that you know just like Mm. living down experiencing the pandemic in that way and then also just dealing in your own head it put I don't know about you but it really like pushed me into my own head going through all of those lockdowns look at big toll and you think about all of the parts of your life in different ways probably too much you know well that's the thing like you had so much time to to think about stuff which can be a great thing but also can be a really hard thing I suppose so did you find that lockdown because it seems to be like a lot of people now in 2022 seem to be releasing a lot of music. Did you find a really creative time lockdown alongside obviously being a really hard time as well? Um, I didn't actually find it that <clears throat> that creative. I just um, I felt it just kind of drew me into my family and mm. which is nice for someone like me because I'm away with the fairies most of the time. Um, must be difficult for them to be around me so it was nice to just get drawn down into the family unit but I don't need to be away with the fairies to just kind of get through the day too so it was challenging yeah really challenging and obviously ideal that you you had your studio because I suppose a lot of people now are starting to to make their own studios due to the pandemic and but um you were in a situation before where you already had it so I suppose that must have been a, an extra bonus, really. Yeah, so lucky. Just such a blessing having a space to work and just go and create. And um, I'm always grateful for that every day. Take the last time past the tea. Near the cold war keys, you know. Build a mighty pile, cast the crib. Grassy eyes don't let old time 
And talking of really powerful lyrics, um, even more present in the tenth song, the brilliant County Lines, a very, very honest reflection on on the more stark realities of life in isolated communities. Like I said, really powerful lyrics. What was the process like behind writing this one and, and putting the words down on paper? Yeah, it was really, really difficult. Um, it's difficult to be that straight up about topics like that because they're so nuanced and there's so many ways of looking at them um and i guess you can only write from your own experience of them yeah it's hard, hard to write about the whole picture but um there is like a really difficult moment going on probably in all isolated communities that are in a beautiful natural world environment um where people from that place can no longer afford to live there they have to leave because there's such a demand for a holiday home there yeah. that the cost of living is completely out of line with the kind of work you can do in those places. Um, so many of my friends and their families have had to leave. People who work full-time have, you know, they're grafting all the time, paying the bill. They can afford a mortgage, but they can't afford a mortgage here. Mm. So they have to leave. And it's just the kind of... I, was, I wrote the song and then Ben actually encouraged me to re, to release that song. Um, right. Gave me the courage to do it. So. Brilliant. Well, we've all got Ben to thank for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I love the video, how you kind of have the contrast of, it's like split at the beginning um, with the sea and then, and then the flashes of imagery of, of Cornwall itself. How was it to create the video behind that one? Yeah, it was... Um, it was difficult again because I didn't want to be too obvious in the imagery yeah. thing. So we, me and Wilbot decided to go kind of in metaphors and just a feeling of the environment here and then have the words scratched into film on, on the top. Yeah, it was a really interesting creative process. It always is with Wilbot. I'm happy to work with him. I, I love the shift in music as well. And when, and when the lyrics, this hollowed land beneath us knows no keeper. Yeah, I just think it's such a brilliant song. And your daughter, she's singing on this one? Yes, yeah, she is. Aww. Yeah. Does she Something know to... she was being captured? Yeah. It's one of the few times that she's actually willingly come to the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, it's, it must be so nice, you know, to be able to have that very special connection on that on that song as well yeah. so yeah it's a such a such a brilliant song i think that also just came about thinking of the future for my children and yeah other children in places like this and if there is a future left for them you know like are they going to be able to live here where mm. they grew up i don't know you know <laughs> it's so powerful and it feels like that with a lot of your music obviously by by using a lot of the Cornish language and things like that, it does really feel like a generation that this music hopefully get passed down from generation to generation. And uh, it must be so powerful to be able to have that space and that platform to be able to do that and to, to raise awareness and to, um, yeah, so that's just me congratulating you. Not that you need that at all. Thank you. Never mind the rabbit hole. time is spirit Suicide and second home. Where did all the wonder go? Now, haunted by the 
Number 11th on the album, Joy Still Finds Us. Um, again, we're kind of be talking about how w- when you write, there's no, it can happen wherever, whenever. And um, yeah, so this song, I, I read that you wrote it when your friends were in hostel having their, their baby girl and and it got you thinking about heartbeats and miracles, which really reflects well in in the music itself. How How long did this whole song take to come together? And at what point when they're in the hostel did you... Yeah, did you have that moment of inspiration? Um, yeah, I just knew that they'd gone into hospital and I was reflecting on our own experiences having children. And uh, it's just such a magical, I mean, it's heavy, children born, but it's also just the miracle and magical. And um, when when they survive and they're okay and they're in your arms just how that feeling of like relief and joy is like unparalleled it's the most powerful experience for me i've ever been anyway you know so just thinking of them that song came about it's one of those moments like i was talking about it's completely um not judged not kind of crafted just pure moment you know Mm. and when i heard the story behind the song and then um almost that like heartbeat sound in the music and um and the, is, is there a piano as well on it yeah yeah who was it that was playing the piano me oh nice <laughs> very cool very cool And the last song on the album, um, such a such a beautiful song, um, Al song, which I've read that you you know dedicated to your dear friend Al, who um, who sounds like he was a real catalyst behind you as a musician. Um, and is Al's son Toby is on the guitar and backing vocals? That's right. Yeah. How did that come about? Because again, that just must feel so wonderful to have him on the song, knowing the reason behind the song and, and the inspiration. Yeah, I mean, it was a massive loss to both of us when Al died. So um, just musically, he kind of gave us both the kind of the tools and belief to just be able to play and also just kind of showed us there's no rules and you can just kind of play however you want to. And he was a massive part of my life and same for Toby. and. Uh, we both kind of felt that loss in a big way. And I think a lot of people in the community here did too, because I kind of gave music to a lot of lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of people in this part of the world. It was a real catalyst for encouraging people to get up and, and play. It shows what, regardless of ability, just come on, get up, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. No judging, no judgment, just play and, uh, that's so powerful that, you know, in the world used to like TV shows, judging everyone and telling everyone you have to be perfect constantly. It's just not true for human beings. Yeah. He was powerful influence. Yeah. It sounds like he really encouraged 
just the expression and everyone to just be expressive in themselves which is all you want really as a musician yeah that's it yeah and he's such a big character he gave you confidence in that um and playing it with Toby was just yeah beautiful we put the song down together and yeah he's a talented musician he's got all of his dad's musicality and and more so it's a wonderful song such a wonderful crafted song and, and I love the ending lines all hearts and good time find their own way uh, back home again yeah just such beautiful lyrics and also did you use some of like Al's old gear on the song as well yeah yeah I mean all the songs on Labyrinth and Claire's Lane are recorded through Al's gear and especially on Claire's Lane a lot of the vocals through a Leslie cab of Al's that oh cool I mean Toby had to go through decades of stuff <laughs> caravans to try wow bits of work and gear left but um, we managed to yeah it's been a while since I knew shelter from the rabbit's mind clothed in shame since I knew I love being able to go through track by track. So I really, really appreciate that. I just do a couple of like final little things towards the end of the podcast. So these are just more final questions that we might, might have already covered, but off, off Claire's lane, which song would you say came together the quickest and which took the longest? Um, probably County lines took the longest, probably. Yeah. Um, quickest would be Gavinic at the moment. Do you have a favourite song off the album? Um, I think they're just all a part of me, really. I try to judge them in terms of I just try and accept them for what they are and give them my best crack and then leave them be, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course, of course. And that kind of will make this question probably very hard as well. But um, do you have a favourite lyric or any any standout songs or lyrics again I know I've picked out a lot so don't feel like you have to <laughs> I think yeah Al's song was um right from the heart um yeah all of the songs are at the same time so I'm, I'm still learning how to craft words all the time mm-hmm. I like going into that world and it's a general beyond until yeah. I drop <laughs> <laughs> and um which song are you most looking forward to playing live? I know you said you might have played a couple on your own, but with the band, yeah, which song, any in particular that you're really looking forward to playing live? Yeah, I'd like really <clears throat> looking forward to playing Balerion live. Half and I will be interesting. I'm sure it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. going to have any of the, um, I want to say mask, but it's not really a mask. Are you going to have any of, um, <laughs> I'm going to be wearing that? I don't know. <laughs> I get a bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave you the inspiration behind that one. Um, and so to finish with, I always do a game with um, with the artists I interview, and it's called What's the Occasion? And so I give you three occasions, and if you had to, you've got to pick one song for each occasion off the album, if that makes sense. So it's a wedding, a dinner party, and a car road trip. So wedding if you would say it could be a first dance it could just be a song at a wedding if you had to pick a song off claire's lane um half an eye oh nice 
Nice. <laughs> Instinct. Wow, it's very quick. Um, dinner party. I always say it's kind of like maybe a talking piece with like friends. Um, maybe Al Sung or yeah. Andy Floss and Corpses. Yeah, great. And car road trip, windows down. Another lifetime or Balerion. Great. <laughs> Very quick. Gosh, we were straight on that. Some people find that really hard, but instincts there, Nikki. Very good. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. What have you got future-wise coming up? I know it sounds like you've got a very busy June ahead. Yeah, hopefully some recording in June. Um, if we can figure it out and just, uh, yeah, moving forward. Always onto whatever I can come up with next. I'm already writing and recording. Oh, brilliant. Myself, so, yeah. Very exciting. Well, like I said, massive fan and love all your work and all the different elements of your work and the creativity and, yeah, just a real, real pleasure being able to talk to you because I know you're a really busy guy. So um, thank you so much for your time. and It's been great being able to uncover Claire's Lane. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of LP Uncovered. If you like this one, you can go back and listen to all my previous episodes featuring lots of wonderful musicians. Just head along to wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts and subscribe away. Likewise, you can follow LP Uncovered on Instagram to keep up to date with upcoming episodes.